This week on Backyard Footy. You look at guys that are 17, 18 years old that take the homegrown contract thinking, oh, I'm a pro, but then they don't realize that, like, you have to perform. And so, like, there's guys that were in my age that were in the same position that took the homegrown contract, but now are out, not even playing USL. Like, they're just done. And they don't have a college education. They don't have anything to do with that. And so, for me, it was, am I actually ready to be a pro? And I said, no. Yo, 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 what's up, footy fans? Welcome to the 17th episode of Backyard Footy. I know we've been on a little hiatus for a little while, but welcome back with your host, Hugh Roberts, where each episode I dive into the journeys and experiences of professional athletes, collegiate athletes, and anyone that's been involved with the game. Backyard Footy is brought to you by the BGN Network of Podcasts. That's bgn.fm on the internet. You can also follow them on Twitter at the BGNFM. So quick update on me. For those who don't follow me on Twitter at Backyard Footy, you know that, one, I've been on the hiatus for a little while. I've been going on the off-season. I'm here on the new team in a new city. New fellas here to introduce you guys, new relationships, new everything. So you guys get to follow my journey as well, and we continue on. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my guests. First off, we have Andrew Gutman here as a left back, 2018 Matt Herman Trophy winner. And he's on loan to Celtics, so I'm honored to bring him here on my show. And last but not least, Brandon Miller, 2015 USL Goalkeeper of the Year, and he's now going on to his eighth year. And yeah, awesome guys to have. So without further ado, what's up, fellas? How what you guys an doing? intro was that? Was that, that right? off? Was that off the top of the top dome? Of the dome, baby. <laughs> that was that was top dope. of the dome. Top uh, of the you dome. You killed that, yo. Thanks How's, for having us of on. Course, of course, of course, of course. How's the uh, preseason been? Or off? Yeah, preseason been going so far. Preseason's been good. I mean, I think we've gotten some good results. Um, it's been a bit different. It's my eighth year, like you said, but it's been a bit different than what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of we got a new coach, organizations doing things a bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, season's starting up, so preseason's in the past. I'm just excited to get that first game under our belt. Of course. Of course, first game this weekend. Andrew, how you liking Charlotte so far? Yeah, it's good. I mean, obviously, it's my first professional preseason. Um, just trying to get used to, you know, the, the environment and the guys on the team. Um, obviously, it's a lot different from college. Uh just with the age range and everything, but I'm mm-hmm. having a good time and, like Brandon said, excited to get ready for the season. Now, Brandon, I heard you have a, you got a townhouse, right? You just bought one. Just bought a townhouse, you know, trying to settle down. How you been uh, enjoying that for your second it's, year? It's now? hectic. I yeah. mean, it's hectic getting. You know, I wanted the house, but then I didn't realize you got to furnish the house. You know, so that's a bit different than an apartment. But just bought a couch yesterday. I was telling the guys earlier, I'm absolutely geeked about it. You know, grown man things. So you know, old, I don't get so excited, I don't get excited about the, the the young boy stuff anymore. I get excited about the couch. I got a kitchen know, table, right? and that's what I get excited about. I so know. now, that's a. It's it's, it's nice to have a, a bigger place. We got a dog, so we gotta, mm-hmm. you know, we gotta give it more room to run around. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it's nice. It's good to be settled down. Now you said something about gym, you know, new management and stuff. So for you personally, coming from last year to this year, how has it kind of been different for you? Uh, it's just a it's a, a a bit different of an atmosphere. You know, we've got totally different uh, players coming in. Um, he's trying to build a culture that I think is good for the club, uh, good for the players, and, mm-hmm. and really trying to make it as professional as possible and build a group that really wants to win and really wants to move forward um 
not just as as a club but just in the city you know right, build the right, city right. so i mean i'm excited for it we'll see you know the first game on friday so mm-hmm. we'll see how our mm-hmm. results go but uh i think we have we're going in the right direction how you liking us new guys uh it's good it's good. I mean, it's nice to have a, a different vibe in the locker room. Um, you know, there were guys last year that uh, I was very close with. I still keep up with. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we've got new guys coming in. And I think they're bringing different uh, aspects to the locker room and different aspects on the field. So I think it's been good. How you been adjusted to the rookie life? Yeah, it's, it's obviously different. Um, I think having Jim as a coach is a big plus. Um, obviously, as like a young player. Uh, I think the biggest thing in terms of development is you need a coach that's positive with you, but also knows like how to mold you and not just mm-hmm. like, like kind of shit on you when you mess right. up. You know, he, he right. allows you to make mistakes, and I think Jim's really good at, with that. Right. Um, and you know, I think just the team as a whole really accepted me, and mm-hmm. you know, just in my situation and everything, and everyone's been helping me and positive. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially mm-hmm. what I, am I the youngest guy on the team right now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 So I think that for me personally, that's a huge confidence boost. Right. What about his style of play? You guys, you know, you like the way he's playing so far, his style? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, for me, it, it fits my game perfectly. You yeah. know, very direct, Same very thing, yeah. um, high press, high intensity, um, kind of getting after the opponent, which that's like my whole game right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in terms, he actually has a system too. It's not kind of just like all over the place. Right. Um, and to be honest, I don't think we're really getting it yet, but I, I think <laughs> we've got some time to figure it Long out. time, yeah. We're building up the team and everything, um, but yeah, I enjoy it so far. I don't know what do you guys think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's aggressive, and I like an aggressive style. You know, you want to want to play out the back, you want to press the opponent and get the ball back as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Like Andrew said, I'm not sure we're 100 percent there yet, but mm-hmm. I think you know over time, once we get more players in, once we work right. on it consistently, I think we're gonna. And that was the thing too. We only had like nine players the first weekend. Right. Then we're still most of preseason like 13, 14 with some college boys and stuff. So I mean. Yeah. It's been kind of tough getting on everyone on the same page this off season, but I definitely so far I'm agreeing. I like his style. I feel like we have a lot of players that can play in his style too, with the pressing, athleticism. Yeah, I mean, I think we have quality. I yeah, I think we can put out. I think we were putting on eleven to compete. The thing is, we got to have you know those those other guys. To, <laughs> Three subs. Yeah, man. we got to right. we got to have the rest of the team so we can compete for a full thirty-eight. You know. What about Felix though, La Liga coach? It's interesting him coming in. I mean, you know, a bit of a language barrier there, but you right. know, he's got the knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he's mm-hmm. been. Uh, at the highest levels of the game, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in La Liga, um, so you kind of have to take bits and pieces um, from each coach. That's what I try to do with every coach that I work with. You know, mm-hmm. you're not 100 percent going to agree with everything that they right. say, but you, you know, you got to learn what you can and right. and kind of mold your game and how the, as the team as well um, right. to to be successful. Right. Yeah, I think the one thing though that I will say is like, yeah, we're light on numbers, but. They're not just bringing. They're not just signing guys to sign guys. You know, mm-hmm. like we mm-hmm. had the core group that first came in, which is a good group. Then they brought in a bunch of trialists, and it, you know, they weren't just signing them to get numbers. Right. You know, they took their time, and we've made a couple of signings that personally I think are really good mm-hmm. signings. Um, and you know, there's more guys coming in. Um, you know, be, even before our game. So I will say that they know what they're doing. I just think it's been taking a little bit. A lot of time. Yeah. I feel like because we don't play this or last this past weekend, they've been taking their sweet old time. Yeah. Too. This is not normal for me, and we're just rolling with this. But, like, yeah, this shit. <laughs> it's different. It's definitely it's different. It's different. It's different. But I think they both know what they're doing. I mean, obviously, they both have great right. resumes. And right. it, it's it's weird, like, to bring in over two European coaches into, like, U.S. soccer. Is, mm-hmm. 
you know, you always see like there's there's European coaches, but it's mixed with American mm-hmm. coaches, and I think that that's good to have Dave in here mm-hmm. too, is he knows the American soccer way because there balance. is you can have all the knowledge in the world, but you also have to adapt to the league, and I right. think him knowing the league is going to help us I a lot. So too. Right. So what? How's it feel like to get paid though now? Do what you love to get paid. <laughs> we'll check out his outfit. I know. Like, show, show the people. Show the people. Slice flex. Oh, come <laughs> on. Give it. I can't show the shoes though, bro. I, can, yeah, I got yeah, Adidas. What is it like to get paid? He absolutely loves it, you know? <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, um, obviously, I, I put in a lot of work and I kind of grew a lot um, as I got older. And obviously, when I was younger, I wasn't the best player. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice that I'm starting to see a little bit of benefits. But, you know, right when I got my first paycheck, it just wanted me to get that more and more and more right, so i'm just right. working harder and harder and harder to increase it what was that first purchase uh what i bought a chain man david german <laughs> chain i had to flex a little yes, bit sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Of course. my mom wasn't too happy but, you know, man, it looks good you make up for it sure. yeah exactly so you got um, to play in your uh, first pro game this weekend but what's kind of i mean obviously you haven't played in a game yet but so far for you this off season or preseason how's the difference between college and pros for you yeah it's a lot different um I'd say the biggest thing um, between college and pros is every day in the pros you have to come ready to train, mm-hmm. where in college you could take days off, whether it was like just a lighter training session or because you knew you were better than other guys, but like here you got to work every single day, and mm-hmm. the biggest thing that I picked up quickly in terms of my mentality is I wake up every single day knowing that it's a job, right. and like I got to perform well to, to be named yeah. into the starting 11, yeah. um, so that was the biggest adjustment, and obviously... I think the speed of play, the physicality, playing with men um, is, a, is a big difference. And, you know, this offseason, it was short for me, but I, I got fitter. I got a little bit stronger, faster. Um, and then I just improved, like, my mental side. I think I really matured in terms of, you know, understanding that now it's, it's like, go time and I'm getting paid for something. If I want to keep doing yep. it, I got to keep performing. And that's the thing with these kind of, like you said, we have a core group. We have a, everyone's good from top to bottom. Like, there's competition every single day and every single exactly. week. So, you know, like... It's going to come down to your performance weekly if you want to get this starting job. So that's like, I, I completely agree, one of the main differences. Would you say college soccer helped you to get here, though? or? Yeah, um, that's the thing, though. To be honest, I think a lot of it has to do with just yourself. Like, yeah. college soccer gives you the tools and resources. I mean, in terms of, like, universities, like, we all played at, like, at colleges. Like, they have crazy money, great right. facilities, all that stuff. It's just utilizing them, you know, going to the weight room, going to – indoor facilities when it's cold stuff like that just mm-hmm. working on it by yourself it's um, all you now yeah it's all you exactly i think that's the big thing youth soccer college soccer professional soccer like my conversation with a lot of people is like if you're not going to take advantage of what you have in front of you like then you're not going to be successful in any aspect of life so it's like there's i don't people people kind of like trash the college game and it's not so much the college game for me that's not producing you know top tier talent all the time it's you know what the, that top tier talent is doing at right, the college right. you know so it's at the same thing at the youth level you can play at the best youth club in the world but if you're not you know taking advantage of right. every every single opportunity that you have whether it's getting in the gym getting those extra touches before mm-hmm. training after training like it's the little things like that that make mm-hmm. the, the the best players and make them most successful and that's what i say like guys who who go to like the highest levels or go to like mls if like I feel like if you don't stick in MLS, it's because, you know, you didn't take advantage of mm-hmm. the opportunities that you have. Because every now, especially now, as opposed to like when MLS started, most teams, I would, I would say most teams have like great facilities. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. nutrition wise, you've got the strength programs, all that stuff. Great training facilities. Like if you if you're not successful, a lot of it's a mental side of the mm-hmm. game. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why, how, 
how a lot of people are successful. You're just mentally the mental stronger, side, yeah. stronger than other people. Do you think the mental side's maybe even more so more important than like the athleticism, your quality? To get you here as a professional right now. Yeah, I would say so. Especially right, coming yeah. from college. I mean, yeah. we all went to college. Like, you can party every single day, yeah. every single night, if you right. really wanted to. Um, and, like, for me, I think, uh, like, that was the biggest growth that I had to do over this past year. It was just, like, being mentally strong and, like, knowing what I wanted to yep. do. But, like, not for a week or a month, for, mm -hmm. like, months at a time, yeah. like, a year, something like that. So yeah. you just got to grow into it and really stick to, stick to your goals, which... For me, I think that's a lot, a lot of the reason why people don't go pro mm. is because they're not consistent with, mm -hmm. you know, their diet, their nutrition, or like fitness stuff like that. Getting extra touches, mm -hmm. working out, stuff like that. They'll do it for a week and then they'll stop for a month, do it for mm -hmm. a week, mm -hmm. and then they'll be mad that oh, I don't see progress and stuff right. like that. But right. it's like you got to do it consistently yeah. for a long period of time. Even when you fail too, you know, like you can train a bunch and then you get cut, yeah. but it doesn't mean your opportunity's done. You know what I mean? Like I'm. You've been to a bunch of teams in the USL trying out. I was trying out with a bunch of teams, got cut a bunch of times. Like, we're all going to go through that stuff. It's mentally, if you're really dedicated for this stuff, like, you got to push through everything because we're all going to go through something. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the big thing for me. And that's the reason, like, I like I do what I do in terms of, like, the podcast, stuff like that. It's because I want kids to know. I want people to understand. Like, it's not it's not a straight line. It's not an easy right, straight right. line to anywhere. Like, you've had ups and downs. You've had ups and downs. Right. I've had plenty of them. And right. it's like, if we talk about the mental side of things. Like, you can, you can get knocked down and it's like you can either quit and be mm -hmm. like oh I got cut from that team you know what maybe I'm not good enough for this and like there's been times I've questioned my own town mm -hmm. I'm like there's been times mm -hmm. I wanted to quit and then you right. know the very next year I won goal kicker of the year like if I had just mm -hmm. retired or like quit after that year then I'd be sitting here like well what if you know right. what if I right. actually that give it a if. try so like mm -hmm. I think it's there's a time you got it's it's tough to know when it, the time is to quit but it's also like you can't quit after like the first road bump right because that's just not what right. that's not going to help you be successful on the field or off the field Right. What do you guys think is your biggest road? Like, obviously, you guys have played pros for like a while. What's like your biggest road bump you've probably gone through? Because like, obviously, you're both. Um, I mean, pros, for so. me, like as you get here from the business side, you start to see more of how the business side just takes a lot of things. A lot of things sometimes just out of your control. Like, for for example, for me last year, like I started up like 25 games last year. We had the number one defensive record in the whole league in Pittsburgh. Like, we were very good. Yeah. And you think, like, my mindset was going in the offseason, like, all right, like, I have a pretty good chance my option's going to get picked up. Yeah. They came up, to, came up to me, it was like, listen, like, you're 26 now. We know you deserve some money, but we're going to go with cheaper, younger options. Like, that's out of my control and that's out of my hand, you know? Like, yeah. And so it's either do you quit, do you keep going at my age, in the mid 20s? Like, what do you do, you know? And, like, I'm not giving up yet, and that's why I kept going and pursuing. But, like, we know a bunch of people that stopped right there. And, like, like I said, I just learned there's a lot of things that's out of your hand. And, again, it comes down to what you want to do out of it mentally, if you want to keep going or not. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that I've noticed. Was it tough for you to come from Pittsburgh to here, though? Honestly, not really. So since I played in Richmond for a couple of years, and now I'm, Jim Styles playing, I used to play in Richmond a lot. So it's just adjusting the new coaching style. I mean, I talked to Jim on the phone for like an hour or two, a couple of times in the off season. He told me how he wanted to play, and then from there, I just worked out in the off season, knowing all right, I got to play now, find those gaps, find the spaces. So it wasn't that tough. I was more so excited to get back down to Pittsburgh. Has a smaller field and it's turf. Like I'm going here and grass and this big massive field, and yeah. everybody likes to play. Not everyone on every team wants to play some people high, and you got to go direct sometimes, too. But yeah. here, like, everybody wants the ball. Everyone's competitive. Everybody wants to play, too. So it's kind of just I ease into a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, I would say for me, it was probably my third season. when So, like, I, when I signed, I was the, basically the backup. I signed as a backup uh, out of college. 
spent two years in Rochester as a backup. I'd done well in training. Like, I realized I could play at this level. Um, I just hadn't gotten the opportunity yet. Mm. And then I ended up getting injured in my second season, like, probably in, in August or July of my, my second season. And then I didn't get surgery to the off season. You know, I'm going into the next preseason with a shoulder injury, having a rehab. I got a new coach. Like, he doesn't know me at all. So I had to basically trial. Um, yeah. Trial with Rochester, the team that I'd been with for two years. And I'm fighting for a position. And I'm fighting for a third string. Yeah, you know, I'm just fighting to get a contract, and I went through the entire season. Uh, didn't I think I got on the bench one time, um, but I, you know, I'm in there competing with, with at the same level as the other guys. The, the guy who was a starter actually won goalkeeper of the year that year. Like I'm competing with them. I'm playing at their level every single day. Like I see myself performing. I got guys telling me, "Yo, be patient. Like you're doing well. Like mm -hmm. you, you know, your time's coming." And it's just like. You, it's tough going into training every single day knowing you're not playing. There's no chance you're playing. Yeah. Not, you're most likely not going to make the bench. So it's like you got to have the right mentality. Like mentally, you got to be like you got. It's it's a long term thing. You know, you can't just look at it as uh, I'm not playing this week. Like let's shut it down for the season. Like I'm looking. I was looking a year, two years, five five years ahead and being like. You know, I'm going to be a professional about this. I'm going to show them I could perform at this level, and then hopefully next year, you know, have the opportunity. And it actually worked out that way. So, I mean, I you're mean, going to be on a bigger stage too. You're going to, you're just getting started. You're going through a lot of trials too. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just going to come down to mentally. Like people don't know, I was in my fifth year last year, but I was on trial in Pittsburgh. I was, in, I tried out with NCFC last year, got cut. Mm -hmm. Then I went to Pittsburgh and didn't get signed until last week of February. You know what I'm saying? That's 25 games. And that's the, my fifth year last year of experience with USO Pro. Like I shouldn't be on trial, not being cut yeah. or anything. But like you know, you think someone with experience, but again, it's just gonna come down to you mentally. There's gonna be times where dudes gonna play over you. Like you know, you deserve to be better, but you just put your head down and get. Because at the end of the day, the cream will always rise to the top. If it's meant to be trust that you will get to the top with your talent and you just gotta stay strong mentally for real, right. for real. it's not yeah. like you don't always like that that's why i love like podcasts like this like you don't i didn't know you're on trial and see yeah bro yeah yeah i didn't know either. you know people don't know that and i was like yeah those are like the little the little things that people don't know about but mm -hmm. it makes you stronger as a mm -hmm. player as a person and like those are just the stories I love. I mean, mm -hmm. You end up starting 25 games. Right. I, there's so many players around the league that I can think of that are similar to that. Like Diego Restrepo winning goalkeeper of the year when he was he started the season. He was on trial in, in San Antonio. Right. Got, you know, he's signed as a backup and then ends up winning goalkeeper of the year. That right. Year. Like, Crazy. You know, my story was similar. I wasn't even supposed to be the starter that year. Um, just some paperwork issues with the starter. <laughs> literally, no, literally, like couldn't get his visa. Couldn't get his visa sorted out. Um, before the start of the season, so I started the first game. He couldn't start. I started the second game. You know, I did well, and there, he was like, the coach was like, "There's no reason to make a change," and right. I go on and play right. 25 games and win goalkeeper of the year. Like mm. that, it wasn't supposed to happen that mm -hmm. way, but I was patient. You mm -hmm. know, so that's that's the way it is. You just mm -hmm. got to put your head down, work hard, and have confidence in your abilities. Damn. I completely agree. Imagine if he got his visa, bro. Brandon wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> 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 Who knows what would happen? Damn. So, Andrew, tell us a little bit about your story. How'd you get started? Yeah, so um, obviously, like mo most Americans playing like AYSL youth soccer um, with my dad, then moved around a little bit, just local clubs. Um, and then it's funny, there was a, like an open trial for Chicago Fire Academy, and I didn't even want to go to it. My mom made me How go. How old were you at this time? Uh, 14. Mm -hmm. um, and so I went, like, just thinking, like, I don't want to do this. Um, and then I ended up making the team. Um, and then the first two years there, I didn't even play. Like, I rode the bench, got the last 10 minutes of the game, stuff like that. 
my coach was just on me all the time. Like, just I honestly thought I was a bad player. Like, um, it was just really tough on me. And then, I don't know, one thing clicked, and I just started doing really well. Like, I started playing in games. I got first team training uh, with Chicago Fire, like the, the first team, stuff like that. At 14? No, no. This uh, was uh, – I started this play consistently at 17. So, like, uh, end of my junior year, going into my senior year of high school. Um, started doing well. Got called in the first team training. Trained them a lot. Um, then I was actually a walk-on at Indiana. Mm, um, what? Yeah, so I went there, That's not even crazy. expecting to start, really. Um, and then crazy. end of my senior year of high school, um, there was, like, talks that I was going to sign a homegrown contract with Chicago. Mm. Um, turned that down. Um, obviously went to Indiana. Um, had Why no- Indiana, though? Uh, my whole t- my whole uh, family went there. Okay. It's so, like my dad, grandpa, aunts, uncles. My brother was there. Even though they weren't recruiting you, going to get scholarship, you're like, I'm going. Nah, that's the crazy thing. I So the reason or how I emailed them was my brother was a freshman there. You and emailed it was, them? And it was parents weekend. And my mom was like, yo, just email the coaches, like, see what's up. Hey, we're coming to visit. And I was, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. I said, hey, I'm coming to visit my brother. Like, is there any way I could just, like, introduce myself? And they're like, yeah. And so then I had like a, then they just set up like a basic recruiting visit. And then I got back Saturday night. We played a game Sunday and the Indiana coach came to my game Sunday and I played really well. Um, and then he offered me like a, basically like a walk on. I got like book scholarship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I took that obviously mm-hmm, just because mm-hmm. I wanted to go to Indiana and mm-hmm. like their massive program. You were a left back too? I was a left back. And so growing up, you played left back the whole time? Growing up, I was a striker, uh. but the only position in Chicago uh, that was open was left back. That's probably why you, where you get your attacking mindset. Exactly, from. bro. Right, yeah, right, no, right. I, I still want to play midfield. I know. Forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's just been like a crazy ride, and then obviously, like I did well at Indiana. Obviously, earned my scholarship, all that stuff, um, and then I won the Herman Trophy this last year, um, and then it's just like a crazy off season, man. Like, what our season ended. December 10th or whatever and I flew over to Europe like December 14th for trials backtrack a little bit how'd you manage a party and all that in Indiana <laughs> uh, you get a Mac Herman trophy whatever how'd you manage let's school back, can, we, can we back up yeah, a little you, bit yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, so you're coming out of coming out of high school you're yeah. getting a homegrown deal from Chicago yeah so how do you turn that down that's the that's right. what I that's what right. I want to talk about so I think it's, it's a obviously it's turned out to be a great decision, yeah. but I feel like it's a it's a tough decision and right. one that I, I feel don't like know nine out many, of ten are taking the yeah home exactly road. like that's the safe option. I probably You've got a too. contract. Yeah. With, so how do you how do you turn that down? A uh, few things. I mean, what seven? So I was seventeen. That was two thousand fourteen. So league minimum was like thirty five. Yeah. yeah. So I think I I think my number was like forty two. That was going to be my number. They're going to give me. So first of all, that's like minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all. Like, if I had to make, like, a very mature decision at 17, or what was I, I was 18, um, if I was actually going to be successful there. Because you look at guys that are 17, 18 years old that take the homegrown contract thinking, oh, I'm a pro, but then they don't realize that, like, you have to perform. Mm -hmm. And so, like, there's guys that were in my age that were in the same position that took the homegrown contract, but now are not even playing USL. Like, they're just Mm -hmm. done. And they don't have a college education. They don't have mm-hmm. anything to do with that. And so for me, it was, am I actually ready to be a pro? And I said, no. And so then I went to college. And then after my freshman year, again, I was like, am I ready to be a pro? They offered you again after freshman They offered year? me every single year after my college. 
Did the um, money increase each time? A little bit, yeah. Um, and so that was the biggest thing. And I think I had to really think about like, all right, am I fit enough? Am I mentally ready? Like, am I technically enough? And like, yeah. I just went through all that stuff, and I, I just said no, no, no. Look no. at you being Every mature as a time. teenager. Yeah, I yeah. I'm that's, thinking that's of money. Exactly. I think <laughs> I'm thinking of so, homegrown, bro. I love it. I mean, I absolutely right, right, love right. it. Um, but it's just interesting to get to honestly to continue to get those offers. And it's like I read, I read, I remember I was reading an article about you when the whole Nashville thing happened. Yeah. Um, and they were just talking about how you had turned down a homegrown deal in Chicago to go over to Europe. And I was just thinking like that that's a bit of a gamble as well. But like that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. cause I, that's that's one of the biggest things for me. And I think about my career because uh, like I remember the first contract I got in Rochester. I, I, our season ended like on a Wednesday. I got the contract offer. I think on like the Monday, the next Monday, mm-hmm. and it was for trash money. Like it was, but I was like, I looked at it and I was like, I'm getting paid to play soccer. Oh, yeah. Why not? You know. And yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to go on trial. Like right. I didn't have the senior season I wanted. I didn't play well. I didn't uh, didn't want to go on like to combines or anything like that. So I was like, I'll start here. But then I look back and I'm like, why not just gamble on yourself? You know, mm-hmm. if you have confidence in your abilities, like take the risk mm-hmm. uh, that's what I tell people all the time now and mm-hmm. I think that's that, that's that that's like the definition that's of it right there yeah. there's so many people that are going to get a homegrown contract in front of them $40,000 okay and I'm signing right here mm-hmm. like even like league minimum now like at like 65, 65 you know yeah. like $65,000 to go play soccer five, bro. That's 54 50, yeah. oh yeah for, for, for the younger one so yeah. 50 even mm-hmm. 54 five like coming out of high school like I wasn't I was making zero dollars yeah. before like at 54, 54 right. 5 in front of me, right. and I'm like, I can play. I'm Guaranteed, like, too, for yeah, like I'm three on, years. I'm on, right? an MLS deal. I'm on an MLS team. Like, I'm sure at some point I'm going to get in. Like, right. I think there's there's not a lot of people that are going to like break it down and be like, you know what, I don't think I'm ready for this. And, you know, if I continue to develop, mm-hmm. I can, you know, do it something in the future. But, like, I think it's a huge risk, but I, I mean, I think it's an awesome I applaud it's that. Great yeah, I definitely applaud that. I mean, it. I wouldn't say it was a huge risk, though, man. Like, I go to college, like, I, I'm four classes away from getting, like, a top business degree in, in the country, stuff like that. So, it's, like, it was a risk in terms of, like, all right, I might never play professional. But, like, at the same time, I never lost that edge to play. Like, I always knew I wanted to be a professional. You were confident in Yeah, that exactly. Yourself. And, like, my freshman year of college... I was 180 pounds, and so like now I'm 165. Wait, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. So like I'm saying like that in terms of like I knew I was overweight. I knew I'd need to get stronger, can and we, like do we got any pictures? <laughs> Freshman <laughs> 15. <laughs> but that's the thing, man. Like it was, it was one of those things. Is I was like, if I'm gonna go into like an MLS being 180 pounds at six foot, like there's no way I'm gonna be able to move anything right, like that. Right, so like I like cut cut my diet, cut everything. Like I basically. My thing was I used Indiana as like a like a buffer zone to get myself ready for the pros so I could be more successful. So there was less of a learning curve when I turned professional, mm-hmm. which I think most guys look at college and, and say like, oh, it's college soccer, like you're not gonna get any better. Well, well you can, it might not be on the field in terms mm-hmm. of like the style of play and everything, right. you can get but you can get, you can get prepared better. Right. And right. I think now I'm probably more prepared than 99% of guys coming out of college just mm-hmm. because I know a lot of the draft picks and I know how they live and I know what they do and it it's just not it's not a professional like mm-hmm. how, how they should be right now look how it's panned out exactly so how'd you kind of you know with some success your senior year one did you even know you're gonna get Matt Herman or how did uh, that... I knew 
I knew towards the end of the year, and then when when I got to the ceremony, I knew I was gonna win it. Okay. Yeah, because the way they set it up, they put the winners in a certain spot, and I was in that spot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm chilling, bro. <laughs> yeah, How'd you kind of manage everything though? I mean, a big school like Indiana football school. I didn't go to football school. Yeah. Soccer's predominantly the main sport in the fall. How'd you manage manage you know school? You got still got to do well in school just to play be eligible on yeah. the field. You know. Um, well, first school, I like pushed all my business classes like to like take them online when I was done. Um, so I took like a lighter school load. Um, in terms of like partying and shit, like I know you got like senior year, like everything gets just repetitive, man. Right, like there right, was two right. or three bars that everyone would go to. You'd see the same right. people, all that stuff. So like I was kind of over that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I just knew that if I had a good season, um, like a lot of doors were open because this summer before going into my senior year like there was options abroad and mm-hmm. mls and stuff like that so i knew i had options and i was it didn't work out and to be honest i was kind of pissed because i i didn't really want to come back for my senior year mm-hmm. um but i just like i was talking with my agent and i basically just told him i was like look fuck it i'll just go and be the best player in college and we'll see what happens and mm-hmm. i i did that right. essentially and then you know things just kind of spiraled into so how did Celtic kind of come about? Did your agent put you on with that, or yeah? You know? So it's a it's kind of a weird situation. Um, yeah, I'll do my I'll do my best. Yeah, I'll do my best. Long. So I went obviously I went on trial with Rangers right after uh, college, and the way shout out Stevie G. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> they don't like me too much, but it's all right. Um, so there's a guy. He's actually signed there now. Matt Polster mm. played in Chicago, um, and so he was going over on trial. And basically, um, like his agent met with uh, the the club or whatever, and he basically just name dropped me. He was like, "Hey, I have a young left back. He's pretty highly rated. Blah blah blah. You guys want to take a look at him?" And they were like, "Yeah." So I went over there before Christmas, um, like had a trial, whatever. And then while I was over there, um, like Celtic somehow, I don't know how they contacted my agent, but they basically did, and was like, "Hey, we're interested in him." Like blah blah blah. Um, like do you want to meet and he was like yeah we'll meet but he's not going on trial because like it was around christmas time i wanted to go home and all that stuff and so they're like all right we'll just make him a contract offer what yeah so i got a contract offer rangers didn't offer you no rangers offered me too um but it was it was just different um in terms of like their plan for me and and other stuff Mm -hmm. um and celtic just had a better path um for me and it was weird because Colorado Rapids somehow has a connection with Celtic. And mm-hmm. so Colorado was like the one that vouched for me to Celtic. Sure. So it's kind of weird that like that all worked out. But yeah, I ended up signing for Celtic um, like early January, went over there, um, trained for a little bit. Obviously had issues with the work permit, just not being a professional and going into the UK, right, like right, right. not going to get that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I just started looking for loan moves and Obviously, Jim worked with Celtic. Celtic was very high on him. Said they wanted me here just to learn as much about Celtic. Um, Celtic said that? Yeah, Celtic okay. said that. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll do it. Um, so I ended up here. But now, you were supposed to sign with Cincy. You were supposed to go with the Nashville. Like, <laughs> How did you even end up here? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, my first loan moves were trying to go MLS, obviously. Right. Um, and so the league... Um, said, nah. Nah. <laughs> said, you're too petty, really, basically. <laughs> um, and you know it's fine. I mean, I understand it. Like I had, I I was 
talking to the guys and like the head office guys in MLS and they explained it to me and like from a business side it makes sense and like I don't hold it against them I know the league has to do what's best for them and obviously yeah. have to do what's best for me um so yeah I just ended up in in Charlotte which is which is fine but if I that's the thing about like if I didn't take the Celtic deal and I want MLS I probably wouldn't have ended up in Chicago either mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why I went out to Europe in the first place was because I mean I don't know if I probably should say this on here but Chicago like basically after I did everything they wanted me to do in terms of my senior year like develop my body work on my crossing work on my finishing become a better player I did all that and they like weren't interested in me really like they they made me a homegrown offer but it it wasn't it was like a very kind of like insulting offer to me and so that's what made me go to Europe in the first place so I think if if Chicago would have like valued me more and and like actually had conversations with me, I probably wouldn't have gone to Europe at all in the first mm, place. Wow. wow! So it's an interesting. It was a very interesting off season, and obviously I created a lot of head waves and, and headlines and articles in terms of that <laughs> stuff, which is good and bad. But everything else for a reason. Exactly. Yeah, you all are. press is good press. Yeah, yeah. Hey, right. <laughs> but I also look at it as like coming out of college, like you guys talk about like the what ifs and stuff like that and my biggest thing was like alright I get these European offers and I turn them down just to be comfortable and my whole I guarantee my whole career I'd be like what if what happens if I took Celtic what if what yes, if yes. and I look at it as I'm yes. I just turned 22 yes. like I have a three and a half year deal if things don't work out I can always come, come back, back. Yep. exactly and it look better for you with Celtic on your resume exactly coming back but my biggest thing was like every, like every young kid wants to play in Europe so like I was like alright fuck it I'm gonna just bet on myself yeah and so, I mean, obviously I have to improve drastically. Like the level over there is very high, but at the same time going over there, like it's not like unattainable, right, you know? Right, right, like right. everyone thinks like Europe's so good. It's really not right. that much better. No, it's I just agree. more consistent. Yeah. And so that's like where I'm at right now, just right. developing that kind of stuff. You look at like Jordan Morris. I remember he was offered, I think a year or two ago, a good contract to play overseas somewhere. Yeah, in Germany. Uh, yeah, and he decided, I mean, comfortable stay home and stuff unfortunately injury happened last year and things like that but like you just never know and I mean I probably would have taken done the same thing as you because like like you said you can always come back and yeah. I'm sure they'll give you even more money with Celtic on your resume then it's all about the paper bro <laughs> <laughs> but I also think like we talked about it like I don't think you can grow as a player or as a person and being comfortable you know <laughs> Like, yeah, I would have been super comfortable in Chicago. I would have been super yep. comfortable in Cincinnati, yep. that kind of stuff. And yeah. I don't think I don't think I would have improved or reached my true potential if I did that. I and so, like, for example, like, I went over – when I first went over um, in January to Europe because I thought I was – I didn't know, like, my work permit where I was going to be. So I was, like, mm-hmm. super out of my element, didn't know how long I was going to be there, living in a foreign country. And, like, mentally that – the first week like I was drained like mm-hmm. I like was like calling my mom saying like I want to go home or like can you come out here stuff like that mm-hmm. and like you just like have to take it day by day and yeah. mentally just like develop this really strong mindset right. as a person and as a player and then if you do that it like drastically helps your right. game because I got there like the first week of training I was absolute shit just because I was like right. didn't know anything out of my element and then once I was like I right, like I'm over here I want to do this every day I got better in training right. and I was only there for three and a half weeks right. Right. so that's the biggest thing I think and it makes you come into a better person a better man in general with that experience from being overseas like half the people in this country never even left this country you know what I mean or the state they're in or the state right right, yeah. right. so yeah kudos to you so Brandon 
Tell us about your story. Man, I don't want to follow up that story. <laughs> you should have went first. Why you go? You, I got to follow up that story, guys. <laughs> Best for last. Uh, I, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a journey, man. Uh, you know, coming out of college, like I said, I, I signed up in Rochester. How'd you uh, start, though? Where, where are you from? I'm Where's from you? here. Grew up okay. here. Uh, played with the local clubs here. Shout out, Charlotte. Uh, shout yeah, out, hometown Charlotte. QC, the real hey. QC. I don't know what Cincinnati's <laughs> talking about. It's Queen City all day in Charlotte. <laughs> Um, Is that what they call Cincinnati? Yeah, for some reason they think it's the Queen City, but it's not. Um, The city's trash. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew Gutman said that, not (laughs) Brandon Miller. I I mess with Cincinnati, home state. I grew up, or I was born in Ohio, so, you know, Ohio State, that's my, that's the the family reps. But, um, yeah, I grew up in Charlotte, played youth soccer here. Um, You know, I went to, I always knew I wanted to go to Wilmington. To play college soccer just because like i love the the mm-hmm. campus i love the area um ended up you know went to college and i didn't it didn't turn out the way i wanted it to mm-hmm. um I, I played 15 games my first three years wow. uh, really shocked like wow. just i got there and i think you know it's like you said you, you can perform all you want but it's not sometimes it's just out of your hands mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know and i was i remember going into like my first year i just wasn't really ready like i played well but i wasn't really ready mm-hmm. but second year going into preseason i remember i was like fit i was sharp i killed it like i remember the exact conversation we had with with my coach um like when he was about to name the starter he was like you guys are going to switch off the first few games and i was like i was I was like, no, no, we're not, because <laughs> I've not been, because <laughs> I've been actually killing right. it this preseason. Like, this should be me, um, and that was a rough year for me because, like, I didn't get the starting job. We switched off for like six games. I played all right, didn't play like the best. Um, you know, he had gotten better results, and I remember we we went to a trip down in Florida, um, played two games on there. I he won his game, I lost my game, came back. The, and the very next day, went out with my friends. Just, just got drunk. You know, I, was just, yep. I didn't want to think about anything. Yep. I just wanted to go have fun and end up getting in trouble um, with the police. Um, mm. Don't worry, I don't have a record, but like it was, <laughs> it was just on campus police. Just, yep. did, just something stupid, you know. And yep. I end up getting suspended. And then, you know, now I'm not, now I'm not competing for a starting job mm-hmm. because I, you know, made stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. So like, um, it, you know, we talk about mentality, mm-hmm. mental stuff like that. Like that was just a, a stupid mistake when I was mm-hmm. younger, and now it's you know it's kind of it kind of affected the rest of my career. Like junior year, I just mentally I was like I don't, I don't even want to be here. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't really play that year, but then senior year finally got the job. Had a bad year, and I was just like, yeah. I remember one of my coaches was like, "Yo, do you even want to play pro soccer anymore?" <laughs> and I was like, "Not really." <laughs> like this is dumb, dumb. I'm chilling. <laughs> and I ended up just having to get the offer from Rochester, so I was like, "All right, I'll go." They like right after college. Yeah, it was like out. my coach knew the coach. They, they had a new coach coming in. He knew they knew each other, and he had seen me play. And he was like, "Yeah, I'll give I'll give him the opportunity." I went up there, it did well. Like it's an, an adjustment, getting used to the, the game. It wasn't as big of an adjustment as I thought. Obviously, it's a little different going from you know college soccer to USL as opposed to college soccer MLS. Right, and, you right, know, right. European team. Like it wasn't it wasn't a huge jump that I didn't I didn't feel like. And so I was performing well. Um, you know, I talked about it a little bit earlier. Got injured third year, turned into a third string. That's why I wear the number thirty three. Third, <laughs> third year in my hey, career, I was third respect, string. So. Respect. Um, and that number means a lot to me. Like I, I that's why I always want to wear it. It's yeah. just for a reminder yeah. to me um, yeah. to where I was and where I am now. Um, but it's been a, it's been a good career so far. I, I feel like I, I've had ups and downs. You know, I've won a championship, I've won mm-hmm. awards, and I've also been on teams that were bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I've been like when I went out to Orange County, I just didn't perform. I wasn't mm-hmm. focused, and that was I think that was a huge growth year for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just like 
I went off to Orange County. Like I won one goalkeeper of the year, won won a championship, won basically everything I could in the USL. And I was like, uh, you know, I wasn't really getting the MLS. I didn't get any MLS offers. I wasn't really getting the preseason offers I thought I was going to get. And I was like, all right, I'll just sign in Orange County, have another good year, and I'll be in MLS the next year. And I was like, <laughs> the, live out in LA, man. <laughs> exactly. I was like, because I had boys out in LA, I had boys out in San Diego, and I was like, you know, just go have some fun for a year, go have another good year. It'll be easy, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we just make it to MLS, and it just, you know, if you're not focused. You're not focused. Like this is a job. Like you said earlier, this is a job. This yeah. isn't. This isn't just. This isn't college anymore. It's right. not just like, you know, you can you can go party and then go train the next day. Like I was doing that. I was partying and I was going to train the next day and I was garbage. Right. Um. And I just wasn't focused in that. That that you know, I went from a high of being one of the best goalkeepers in the league to being right. low. Like I'm I'm sitting on the bench now. Right. So um, that year was a big growth year for me. But like, um, I felt like I bounced back pretty well. I went to Harrisburg and had a good year. Um. Now I'm back in Charlotte. Um, it's, it's nice to be home and, and be around with family, friends, and and things like that. But the, the focus is now, you know, trying to mm-hmm. to continue to have success and, and you know continue to show the abilities that I know I have. So let's backtrack a little bit. What was it like first off winning that championship? You played with Bob, right? Bob, Bob Lilly. Lilly, the great Bob Lilly. <laughs> Man, no, I love Bob. Um, it was a it. I mean, it's that was one in, uh, in Rochester, 2015. Um, that was it was a great year. I mean, we played. One of my old teammates posted it the other day. I think we played like 40 games, including mm-hmm. preseason, Open Cup, USL, playoffs, and regular season, and we lost one. You know, um, what? Like we yeah, we we were at, we absolutely it was just a it was just a, a great locker room. We had a bunch of a good mixture of like older guys, experienced guys with young guys, and we were all just hungry. Like you had a bunch of guys who just were kind of no names. And like we're trying to prove something, That's the and we had a great coach yeah. who like kept us organized and like demanded so much more of us than we even we expected. I remember like one, like the first I played the first like five or six games, and I was I was playing pretty well. I had a few shutouts and whatever, and like it was after a win. He he came up to me after practice one day and was like, you know, we need more from you. And I'm like, dude, um. <laughs> we're undefeated I have a couple shutouts like what else do you need and like he starts breaking down my game and telling me what more I need like and it's like you can be content with where you're at or you can continue to grow Mm -hmm. and that's what uh, that's what he demanded out of us and that's Mm -hmm. that's why we were so successful Um, you were you know disciplined talented and it just all came together but that that feeling of winning a championship is not it's like not something I'm ever going to forget like Um, I just it was a great year especially I, as a want, pro too yeah I want to I want to feel that feeling again yep. you know yep. it's it, I remember like the the week the last week um, we were like leading up into the championship I remember walking on the practice field and I was like there's only one other team doing mm-hmm. this right now like everybody else yeah. is at home like packing up ready to go back to their hometowns and whatnot and we're out here practicing like mm-hmm. I'm I'm so grateful so I love that playoff feeling you yeah know, like, you know the there's there's teams there's teams sitting yep. out and like you're still here. You're still battling. Yeah. You're still competing. And then that, like that, that morning of the championship, I woke up and I was just like, "Yo, this Let's is get it. this is dope." Walk to yeah. the stadium and like you got all the cameras and everything. Like it's just a different <laughs> feeling. And like what that's was the what game. We it was actually crazy. We we were we were down one nil to like the 89th minute. Um, uh, they scored in like the 60th minute off a header that I probably should have saved. I should have done better on. But then, so like I know no lie, up the no no lie, there, no bro. lie. The 80 it was like the 88th minute. I'm sitting there like I'll be honest. I'm sitting there almost in tears. Like I'm at, on the other end of the field. Like I need you guys to. <laughs> I, yeah, my coach put me up top. <laughs> my roommate was uh, he was a rookie uh, Jamaican kid and he, he had bounced for days. So like we got a corner kick. They put the corner in. 
he just got up above the keeper, put it in, like, in the 89th uh, minute. And uh, then we went to overtime. And then in, like, the 110th minute or something, same, literally the same as that thing, play off a corner kick, he got up. He scored two goals. Yeah, he scored. Came off the bench. Came off the bench uh, in like the 85th minute. Scored a goal. Scored the second goal. Got MVP. Like he hadn't even played that much during the season. Just came off the bench and got MVP. But like, yeah, it was. uh, That was a great feeling. A great game. Really, like a from a low to a high, real quick. Because yeah. <laughs> so like they had they had literally already set up LA Galaxy 2's locker room for the, for the, the wind champagne. They had set up the champagne. They had set up the like the, no. the plaster and stuff. Like they had set all that up. So it, that was an awesome feeling. So you go from Rochester, OC, Harrisburg, and then here. Yeah. How'd you kind of end up here? It was just one of those situations. I was like, look, if I'm gonna be. You know, after Harrisburg, they they didn't pick up my option again. Business decisions, yep. like they, you know, they didn't when they want to pay me. You know, that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I was just like, I don't really want to keep moving around. Like, right. I'd rather get settled somewhere, right. go back home. Uh, you know, I had the business, the prime focus goalkeeping that I was trying to get going. So like, I, I felt like being in a stable place was going to be Smart. good. And um, I mean, I'd been trying to. I I knew the coaching staff. I knew. Um, at the time, the assistant coach, the head coach, like I, uh, it just made sense for me. Yeah. Um, What's so. it been like for you mentally, though, bouncing around? This is now what, your fourth team, eight years. Yeah, um, it's it's difficult. Yeah. It's it's difficult. Like going into an off season um, after after Rochester, it wasn't. It was difficult. Different. It was a different difficult. Like usually in the off season, you're like, where's my next contract gonna mm-hmm. come from? Like, you know, you, you do have to go on trial. But now after Rochester, it was more so like I'm not getting what I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, I had contract offers um, in the USL, and I didn't, but I didn't, I was, I, you know, everybody wants to go to MLS, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, where's my MLS offer, mm-hmm. like, where's my MLS preseason mm-hmm. at least, and it just wasn't coming, so I kind of, it. that's where we talk about, like, gambling on yourself a little bit, mm-hmm. like, I kind of took the, the offer that was in front of me mm-hmm. uh, out in Orange County, and... I went out there for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. uh, to go mm-hmm. have fun, which I did. I had fun, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it wasn't it wasn't soccer reasons, and so that's the, that's the, like, right. a bit disappointing on my part. So but everybody, got, no, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, have you got any MLS offers? Like, like I went into not not actual offers. I went into like trials. I went into Sporting Kansas City like right after that year, right after 2015. Okay. Um, terrible timing because uh, literally got there we trained the next day and then they had a game the next day and then they went to portland for the playoff game the very yeah. next day so like i had two training sessions out there yeah, yeah. Only, so it was a bullshit trial yeah it wasn't really yeah. it wasn't really what uh, dc tried to do the same thing to me right after my year my last year in richmond have a good year mm-hmm. they invited me like three days i played every single minute that season invited me three days after to come have a scrimmage i was like nah like i'm dead i'm tired like i played every single minute this year i'm cooling next mm-hmm. week they hit me up all right come for a full week in training. I only trained for three days and they put me at left back. Mm-hmm. Every single left back. I mean, mind you, like, I'm. Bro, you don't have the tackles. All right, enough. <laughs> you do not have the tackles for left back. Right? <laughs> I kept that shit simple. I said, got the ball back, got the ball forward, that's it. Well, that's but, like, it. and that was it. And I never heard from them again. But, like, how can you see me after a year have a deep, number one the off uh, defensive you know finalist as a defender as a center back you put me at left back like and then that's my only opportunity. That's when you know they're fucking with you. When they play well, that's back, the thing bro. about going in after the season. I remember yeah, like they yeah. my agent they called me up too. and yeah. my agent called me up and was like, yeah, do you want to? Uh, Sporting Kansas City wants to bring you in and I'm like, dude. He called me up like championship was on a Friday. He called me up on like Sunday morning. 
I'm still hung over. Like we literally yeah, won a championship. A I was getting, I was out here, you right, know, right, right. for like three straight days. So like I flew to Kansas City on like the Wednesday, and I was I was, I just wasn't in the yeah. mood. Like I and then that's that's partially my fault. You when an opportunity comes, you gotta take advantage of it. But I just had a long season. Like it's I just wasn't really, yeah. I wasn't really mentally where I needed to be to go on trial there. So. I think part of it is, though, the team's got to know that, too. Like, yeah. if you just won a championship, the team should know you're going out all the time. And like, they're getting ready for playoffs. I mean, half playoff half too, of that's like, on Kansas City, I think, yeah. bro. Because yeah, Kansas City's won championships. It's not like, oh, they won a championship. All right, let's go train again. Like, Kansas City won a championship. They're going out that night. They're going out the next couple of nights. Right. So, like, part of it's like them, too, I think. So you have your own podcast, right? Yeah, so we're the last, last line that. soccer podcast. So I started basically, so I've got the podcast, which is tied into Prime Focus Goalkeeping, mm-hmm. which is the glove brand I have. And I started the whole thing just because I want to, I wanted a way to reach young goalkeepers more so than just, you know, training them one on one or in small groups, stuff like that. So I wanted them to give, I wanted to give more um, of an insight into actual goalkeeping, actual goalkeepers like their stories mm-hmm. um so like we have the blog we've got the podcast mm-hmm. we've got the youtube channel so we do interviews do little training sessions we nice. have, have goalkeeper stories like just just right. to like give them more information because i want to hears about goalies basically i mean i just want goalkeepers to be better than they, i right. I, I, I tell everyone I, I want them to have a better career than i have you right. know right. I, right. like i want right. them to learn from my mistakes right. learn from my ups and downs and hopefully like they can you know improve and, and make better decisions than i did yep. um because like i i don't i don't re- regret my career mm-hmm. i think i've had a decent career but mm-hmm. like I want them to have a great career. Mm-hmm. I want them to be the best that they can be. So, like, I want them to understand and be motivated and, and do the things that they need to do in mm-hmm. order to be successful. Do you have any plans for it in the future? For the podcast? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just get to as many people as, as yeah. possible. I want to yeah. get out. That's what the thing about, especially with the USL, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know as many people in MLS, but I feel like there's so many great stories yeah, from yeah, players yeah. in the USL, just how they got there, yeah. um, what they've been through and you so know how they're succeeding this. and so yeah. it's like why not yeah i know there's so many fans that always ask me about mm-hmm. my story mm-hmm. or they want to get to know other my mm-hmm. other teammates and i'm just like why not put those stories out there That's so exactly I, why i started I think, this bro i think it's uh it's it's great it's it's yeah. been fun um i need to get back on it on top of it it's been <laughs> it's been a minute but you can go check out i think we got seven episodes up right now you can go check us out uh, the last line soccer podcast how can uh, we follow you uh follow us at the last line um apple iTunes. Oh, I'm sorry. That's on. That's on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're we're on. We're on basically everything. SoundCloud. Um, but uh, we don't actually have a Twitter or anything. Or Instagram. We you can just go to the Prime Focus Goalkeeping page. Uh, yep. Prime Focus GK on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And you also started your own company called Maximum Soccer. Right. So we got the indoor facility down in in, in Fort Mill. It's just been a um, one. It gives me an you know, office space to to run a lot of the Prime Focus Goalkeeping stuff. But yeah. it also gives me. Um, an opportunity to have all my training in one place and, yeah. and really do a bit more than what I can out on the field with just a bag of balls. So uh, I love the facility. It gives us a chance to give players that extra yeah. uh, extra incentive, extra extra training. Um, yeah. and, 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 I mean, if I can pass on my, what knowledge I have as a pro to, to the youth now, and hopefully they can get that professional mentality mm-hmm. at 14, 15 years old as mm-hmm. opposed to me when I didn't get it until I was probably like 24. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, still have it. I, I'm still struggling with. It. I mean, I, I can be honest with. Like, I I wasn't I I wasn't doing like the things that I needed. Like when I was a rookie, I was just like go to training, 
go yeah. home. Yep. I would literally lay in My bed. My first three years. Play, 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 play Xbox for like two, three hours and then watch some TV, <laughs> go to sleep, like do the same thing over. And like, yeah. and I, one, I wasn't making enough money to do right. that. Like, I don't right. know why right. I was doing that, but two, it was just like, I didn't have that mentality right. yet. I didn't, I wasn't 17, you know, making, right. making those decisions that I needed to. So right. it did, didn't really click probably till that third year, but like, I want kids to have that at 14, 15 that training mentality that you know off the field mentality like you can still have fun i have plenty of fun now i don't have as much fun as andrew um <laughs> but i have plenty of fun now um and but i still you know try to be as professional as yeah. possible yeah i mean i appreciate you for letting me join maximum soccer as well because the same way you know, i want to inspire the youth perfect little area just to do 1v1 two maybe four people max but it's good i tell parents all the time like those touches, I really didn't do a lot of individual things until high school for me. Like I was just playing rec soccer all the time and just doing it for the love of it. But I didn't actually get the technical side until like going into my senior year, going into college. So I tell them, if you can get these kids in with a coach like me or you or any kind of player from middle school on, like it's gonna boast well for them for the rest of their career. So right, I, I don't think you I don't think that. they they understand the, not pe- many people understand the technical like side of the game. Yeah. the importance yeah. of having a yeah. good first touch. Yes, it's so yeah. it's so like ignored. I feel like yeah. Yeah, if you don't have a great first touch, like if you can't control where the ball is going, right. you just it's it's tough for you to be successful on a right. soccer field. The American way, man. Athleticism. Yeah, yeah. everybody wants it. it. it I have, we so see so many kids come through there that are they, they can run. Yeah. They're, they're they're great athletes, but their first touch right. is just not where it needs that to be. And it's American like way. you can be you can be a great athlete, but I want you to be a great soccer mm-hmm. player as well. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the goal to mold as many as possible. So do you guys think this is U.S. soccer's golden generation? You see, you know, pull a six twenty over in Dortmund. You have Alfonso Davies now going to Bayern. He's 18. Bro, he's not American. Haji. He's Canadian. Canadian. Oh, sorry. Hey, 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 I think I'm excited about the future. Right. I, I think um, there's a lot of young talent uh, playing at a lot of high level clubs, mm-hmm. and you want to see that continue. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in terms of a golden, I, I don't really know what the last golden generation was, so I can't Landon really Donovan like Landon Donovan. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I mean, I hope so. Yeah. I, I, I desperately want to see U.S. soccer succeed yeah. at on the international stage, yeah. but. Um, in terms of developing players, I'm not really sure. I don't. I'm not in the system. You know, yeah, it's hard yeah, for me yeah, to yeah. see. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I just you know, I I don't even watch uh, international soccer as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. It's all about the USL now. You know, USL grind, man. but I, I I sincerely hope so. Yeah. I hope those players continue to develop. You know, Pulisic yeah. going over to Chelsea. Hopefully, that, that's a good move for him. And I hope they continue to develop and bring the you know the younger ones along with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, I would say it's definitely U.S. soccer is definitely on the trend up. Just because, like, it's like it's weird. So all American coaches don't really rate players until a European club rates them. You know, right, right. so if you look at all these young players that like, so uh, what's it? Weston McKennie, he was with FC Dallas, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like he was like just flying under the radar, basically. Like you didn't hear him as like a great young mm-hmm. talent or whatever. And then Shelka comes and mm-hmm. picks him up or whatever. And like now he's over there and he's starting with the men's national team. So it's almost like 
if you can get more young player, young American players over to Europe and yeah. start training and doing well and stuff like that, I think we'll be like really, really good because the training style over there compared to here is far better. It's far more mm-hmm. advanced. It's far more technically based and actually like breaking down and knowing like it's more of the mental side of actually knowing how to play soccer in terms of over here, a lot of it's just building up your body, athleticism, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So I think, I wouldn't say, go, like, are we going to go win the World Cup? No, probably right. not. But yeah, I think right. we'll start to be more and more competitive, competitive as yeah. more guys go over mm-hmm. and more guys are taking that risk. And then, like, obviously all the young guys over there have to grow and develop mm-hmm. a little bit more. But I think in terms of 10 years ago to now, I think it's a lot yeah, better. I agree. But the biggest thing is having those kids willing to go over there because like coming over from america to europe it's it's really different like you take advantage of what we have in america going over there it's like completely different so it's just the mentality of like just being a soccer player over there you got to have to and it's like i feel like i wouldn't say it's kind of tough to get over there in general but like for example pulisic his father was our assistant coach in pittsburgh last year so he's telling us a story and things and he's like he's with harris not harrisburg or like Penn FC's club, like he's from Harrisburg, so grew up in Hershey's club, like whatever the system. Yeah. And around when he was like 13, Mark, his father, has a European passport, so he got him over there. But Mark told us, like, if he didn't take Christian out of middle school and take him overseas, like, he'd probably be in the USL right now under the radar. And right. as talented as he is and exactly. deserves the opportunity, you would just never really know if he didn't take his son over overseas with him and give him this opportunity. Like, I just feel like, if, I mean, it's gonna it's tough too, international spots and you know, when you're a teenager, even just leaving your home and not being comfortable and stuff like you said before, like all those things come into play too, but I feel like we need kind of a more direct path to get some more kids besides like an agent, besides like maybe your parent might have some contacts, like it has to be like a good stream where we can start sending some more talent over there. Well, so you're like, starting to see that. I mean, yeah. like obviously Celtic took a chance on me and the other right. kid, Manny Perez, like, we have no professional experience, but like they're they're signing us on potential mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and that that goes back to my point again. Like, it, like Pulisic's father is probably right. Like, if Dortmund didn't come and snag him up and do that, like he wouldn't be on the national mm-hmm. team. He, I don't even know if he'd be in the MLS right, stuff like right, that. Right, and right. It, it's it's literally soccer. American soccer coaches wait until a European club says that American's good and sometimes it's too late mm-hmm. and that's where we need better coaches better development staff better scouts all that stuff because it's it's not just the players you can produce it's finding the players because mm-hmm. they're what our country has I don't know like a billion people or something mm-hmm. like that like we're bound to have the next mm-hmm. Lionel Messi we're bound to have mm-hmm. a Cristiano Ronaldo mm-hmm. but like it's f- having coaches scouts being able to pluck that player out at an early age right. and throw him an environment right. to make him develop because Messi or Barcelona took Messi at like what yeah. 11 or something yeah. like that a lot of 12. these European teams are taking these kids when they're young but they see the potential I don't I don't think there's many American coaches that can see, see the, the potential, potential yeah. and yeah. like have that process like you look at you look at young players like me coming out of college going into the MLS a lot of MLS teams are like alright if he's not good enough now just Fuck him, basically, as opposed to, all right, he's not good enough, but we see he has a good cross. He can get up and down. Let's give him two years to develop and Mm -hmm. see what happens. You know, Mm -hmm. let's be positive with him as opposed Mm -hmm. to, like, for example, there's a guy in Chicago, Grant Willard, who's a center back. He was, like, a top-rated college guy. Like, obviously need to work on stuff, but his ability, his frame, like, his speed, athleticism, he could play in the Premier League if he wanted to. But 
they're, they're not developing him. He's just mm-hmm. thrown into the bench. Right, you know? right, right. So you right. gotta they, there's got to be coaches and staffs and scouts that see something in a player, but also play the long game because, like for me, two years like I could be like anywhere with mm-hmm. my development, but like MLS, I don't know if they would wait on that development. But Celtic definitely is gonna wait yeah. on that. They're gonna throw me in long positions. They're gonna right. do all that stuff. Right. So that's the biggest thing I think is you gotta have people in our country that are willing to develop players as opposed to just throwing them overseas and letting them develop because we'll never be able to compete if we don't develop our own style so do you think the mls should be giving more kids some time a lot more teenagers are kind of how they do overseas yeah 100 percent. or be more willing for i don't even know about that but i think there's also a stigma that like if you're on an mls team going on loan to the usl is not good Mm -hmm. where for me i think if you're on an MLS team and you're not playing or anything, it's stupid for you not to yes. go on online. Yes. Why? Because you need games. Yeah, you need mm-hmm. games and just to build up your resume. Like, there's so many players that, you know, got a two year deal coming out of college that didn't play one game in the MLS, were reluctant to go on loan. They're out of a contract. Like, mm-hmm. they probably have 100 professional minutes and they're 24. Like, what kind of resume mm-hmm. is that? But you mm-hmm. maybe you got a kid that two year deal, like, MLS didn't work out, but he's got. 20 games in USL, five games in MLS, like, you can see he's got a couple goals and assists, like, that's a way better resume. Right. You know? Yeah, I think there's, I think it's growing in MLS a bit. You see teams like Red Bull, um, who have a great system, top to bottom, from youth to second team to to first team. You see, like, in Philly, they play, they're playing Mm -hmm. some of their young kids, Mm -hmm. Um, and then you look at, like, out in Galaxy, Mm -hmm. Efren Alvarez, who's, uh, you know, absolutely started absolutely killing it, and it was killing it last year in the USL um, I think that the, hopefully that that is a sign of things to come because right. um, you see a lot of homegrown signings I think that's the thing for me you see a lot of homegrown signings um, and it, it became a trend but then it's like where are these homegrowns going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are they developing are they actually playing mm-hmm. um, and you know what's the end goal for them so I think that it's trending in the right direction I think it's, it takes some teams longer than others to, to get on board um, but like you guys said, like minutes are huge, right. and getting minutes in, in especially with the development of the USL in terms of um, talent. You know, the level of play has gone gone up tremendously since I was here in 2012. Yeah. Um, and I think that going on loan to USL is, is a natural, you know, natural move if you're not in that right. you know, 18 mix. Yeah. And now you're starting to see, I think, a trend that's starting to happen over these past two years. A lot more teenagers kind of foregoing college and coming into the USL now. Do you think that's the right... Well, obviously, you don't really know. you got to take into consideration, like, am I good enough to be a pro right now? Am I serious and want a professional life? Or do I still want to get my degree and go to college? But, I mean, I feel like now, these last two years, you touched on what's his name from L.A. He was 15 last year in the league, killing it. But you're starting to see a bunch more teenagers kind of skip college and sign USL contracts and go pro. Do you think that's the right move if you're serious about the sport? I think it's interesting. There was a – I don't know if you saw the tweet. Um, I forgot. I think it was a coach from UConn mentioned it. It said something about uh, he wasn't – he didn't see why players were leaving college early. Oh, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I did see that. Take like $40,000 yeah. contracts yeah. In, in the USL. And I <clears> – <throat> I mean, I, I don't really agree with it. I think if, if, if your goal is to be a professional and you mm-hmm. have the opportunity and you see it as a good opportunity, like obviously if you're hopping into a, a team that's you know not really known for development and not really you know thinking about playing you, then it's not the right opportunity for you. But like if you have a good opportunity, 
um, somewhere where you feel like you can develop and, and you have a pathway to a first team, then I think that's that's something that you should go do. I mean, right. you, you know, school is something that can be done uh, at, at any time. Right. So like this, our careers are very short. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm in my eighth year and I, I still feel like, you know, it's been it's been like really quick. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it can and it can end any time. Right. So it's like. I feel like you can you can go back to school and get that done. Are are you gonna be? Is it gonna be at a top university like the tweet said? I'm not sure. Like that's not that's not really for me to decide. But what right. I'm saying is like if you have the opportunity, you should try and take advantage right. of it if I it's agree. the right one. I agree. Yeah, I think it's case by case. Obviously, right. like you got. Yeah, you but got, let's say you have, you're 15 years old, coming from the MLS academy. They're like, all right, I'll offer you USL two, this MLS two team, the USL team contract, like. Obviously, like you're coming from MLS Academy, you're probably gonna have some good D1 schools looking at you, maybe offering you like full rides and stuff like that. But like now, you have to weigh both options. Do you think, you know, if you're really committed and want this professional lifestyle, that it's the right move to go down that track and start playing USL kind of as a teenager? Yeah, I think. I mean, you're putting a lot of trust into uh, organization, and you if you if you take that deal at 15, you know, because most 15 year olds aren't gonna play in the MLS for three years. So you got to really trust that the team wants you, wants to develop you, like sees a future for you. And to be honest, other than like what you got Red Bull, Galaxy, RSL, teams that consist Philly that consistently play young homegrown mm-hmm. players and develop plans for them, like you got to you have to be honest with yourself and and really think if the team is signing you almost just to sign you to say they have a homegrown, a young right. homegrown prospect, right, right. or they're signing you to develop you right. and play you. And I think there's some teams that sign you just for good press and to like basically tell the league like, oh, we're signing homegrown players, don't worry about us. And then I think there's some teams that sign homegrown players because they see development. Right. I mean, Tyler Adams signed when he was 16 yeah. to Red Bull too. Right. And like, obviously Red Bull too saw a pathway to Red Bull mm-hmm. and obviously now he's in Germany and stuff mm-hmm. like that. but. Are, is every MLS team going to do that or willing to spend the time on you? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost, it's situational and it's case by case. Like mm-hmm. in terms of me, I didn't think that there was a true path at 17, 18 for me to go from like young homegrown prospect to MLS. And I don't mm-hmm. think I was going to be able to give, give them the right opportunities to do mm-hmm. that. Or, I mean, back then I was, they, they had the reserve league, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was, I mean, you play in the reserve league, but like, so a lot of guys that play in the reserve league are like old or don't want to be there and mm-hmm. so like you don't really know how good of a league that is right so what's some of the problems with you at soccer what do you think what do you like some of the problems some of the problems within our system like I, why? I mean my biggest thing just from experience with like my short experience with overseas and just like talking to people is i don't i don't think that there's a true system of finding good american players like i said like i don't think there's many coaches that will be able to say with confidence that that kid's good. I mm-hmm. think they wait until a European player or person comes and says that kid's good. Because you, you look at me coming out of college, like, I mean, my only offer was Chicago Fire homegrown for, like, league minimum. That was my deal. And then I go over to Europe with trial on Rangers and get Celtic and Rangers offers. All of a sudden, my, my no, stock's right, big right, money. My yeah. stock <laughs> is sky high in terms of MLS trying to keep me, you know, offering right. me deals and stuff like that. But, like... It's like I'm still the same player, except right, I right. had two weeks of training right. in Europe. You know, <laughs> like that's literally the mindset. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. how do you change that mindset? I don't, I don't know. You just gotta have 
you just have to have better scouts and stuff like that. But I think that's the biggest thing is just recognizing talent young. Do you think like the pay to play system's been hurting us for the past couple of decades? I mean, it's it's not ideal. Yeah. I mean, you, I, I I'm in youth soccer in terms of coaching, and I see a a, a good amount of players who whether it's with youth clubs or even like at maximum soccer that just like simply can't afford. Right. They can't right. afford to play. Right. And so but do all academies make you pay to play? Yeah. I mean, in Philly, really? when I was out there, if you're good enough, you can go to the school and everything for free. But there's still like at least half the squad that's still paying. Yeah. And like, I mean, you're looking yeah, at okay, and it, even then, you're talking about MLS academies. Like, yeah. Other, that's other academies, yeah. Like, yeah. You talk, like academies here yeah. in Charlotte, like you have to pay and it's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, I look. I think I look back and think like what my mom had to sacrifice for, for me. You right, know, just right. like not everyone can Same. make that. Not yeah. everyone can do that. Sac- make yeah. that sacrifice. Yeah. Um, so the, I feel like there's got to be a way to reach the you know the demographic that just mm-hmm. can't simply can't afford mm-hmm. to play soccer, but still have the talent, still have the potential. You know? Other sports can do that. We definitely we have all the resources. There's no question. You got to grow the market though. In terms yeah, of the market has to grow. Yeah, you yeah. need you need more. Of funding to be able to do that and i don't know if every team has that like for me obviously i didn't have to pay in chicago but like if i was i was 15 i didn't really play my first two years like imagine being a 15 year old in an academy that's not playing and you have to pay Mm -hmm. like that's just not an ideal situation for anyone Mm -hmm. so i think i think the pay to play system has to go but i don't know how you do it because you have to have the funding and you're not there's not a big enough market in terms of like money and marketing and all that stuff to be able to do that like most guys in that must are making like what 125 one, 150 something mm-hmm. like that like mm-hmm. over in europe guys are making millions of dollars mm-hmm. so and like the club is making millions of dollars a day mm-hmm. so like it doesn't affect them so mm-hmm. i think we have to grow that in order to fund that better last question for you so brandon for you how does being african-american kind of impact you in this sport um i honestly it's how has it impacted me or how to like, cause like I look at myself and I just want to kind of impact my community and kind of inspire, okay. mm-hmm. um, people, players that look like me to, mm-hmm. to want to be successful in mm-hmm. this sport. Um, cause like, as you know, it's not a huge mm-hmm. sport in the African American community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I remember growing up, I became a goalkeeper cause I, I used to watch soccer Hislop and uh, I was like, well, one, I hate running and two, <laughs> and two, I remember watching him and I was like, yo, he's dope. Like right. I would love to do that. Right. So, that was one of the big reasons I became um, a goalkeeper, and so I want to I want to do the same for for my community, um, and and kind of be an inspiration for for young kids right. who may not know what exactly they want to do, what sport they want to do. You know, I, maybe they can look towards me and, and kind mm-hmm. of get some inspiration there. Do you think we need like not like a mega star, but someone to be in the limelight consistently who's like a, on the celebrity status in order for us to gain proper attraction that's going to, you know, bring some more African-Americans to this game? I think it's, it, it would be, it's interesting because like you look at like where in our community, most of the players want to be like LeBron James, mm-hmm. you know, you want to be like a football player and mm-hmm. it's because they, you know, they, one, they're marketed well, they're mm-hmm. the biggest stars in the game, um, they play a sport that they, that, that most people love make um, money. they make they make <laughs> massive money, amounts bro. of money that's what that, it comes down and to. they you know, yeah you see them and with the social media age you see you know yeah, lebron yeah. james other yeah. players posting the cars and the houses mm-hmm. and stuff like that 
I mean, you don't. I mean, you don't see that a lot with the with the soccer player. Right. Like, you get DeAndre Yedlin does that. Well, yeah, okay. But he's overseas the, too, so like. Oh, you saying Ameri- like MLS? Like, I mean, yeah. Mo- I mean, obviously he's American stuff too, but like, kids here in America don't really know. The, the, so the difference is that boy has a big, difference there is LeBron James is marketed worldwide, right? Whereas DeAndre Yedlin is well known in, in U.S. soccer communities, but yeah. like DeAndre Yedlin can walk around. Um, easily, he can walk around Charlie and no one, yeah, yeah, easily. And he, like, people are like, Who is that? but they're not going to say, Oh, right. that's DeAndre Yedlin, right. you know. So, I think uh, a lot of it is, is a, it's a big mark, a bigger marketing push in terms of like actually trying to reach the community. And then, yeah, we're, you got to prop someone up mm-hmm. to like be that. that I agree. Figure. Andrew, for you being in the majority, from your perspective, do you think the game's diversifying? And do you think more minorities should play this game? Yeah, I mean, I think it is diversifying a lot. Um, and I do, I don't know how to say this, like, like politically correct. But, like, obviously the, the poor, like, inner city is predominantly, like, black and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think you need to tap into that market because I think that's where you're going to get the better, hungrier athletes mm-hmm. and better players. And I don't know how you do that. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is a big problem because you look, I just, I, again, I compare it to overseas, but, like, you look at that and overseas like the young or like the poor inner city guys that are their biggest sport is soccer it's not basketball so how do you still have a way to do it for free though kind of for the most part yeah again so i was going to tie back so how do you make it free for someone like that how do you make it more like intriguing and stuff like that and i just think soccer in general in america is just like not a big thing and i don't know how you change that because unless the nba goes away like to be honest the nfl like that's gonna go away. It's not gonna go away, but it's, it's gonna be down. it's gonna be dying down just because of all the head injuries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you gotta compete with basketball and like even to be honest, baseball a little bit too, yeah, man, because yeah, yeah. of the Hockey huge too, contracts. I still think there's still room for us to be on that level as well, especially Major League Soccer. Like, yeah, I think it's gonna take a star to be on the TV scene, the national world scene, not national world scene, daily, weekly, like. It's gonna take us, you know, doing well in the World Cup type of thing too. Like this, it's coming. I read some the other day where thirty percent of the parents, new parents, are taking their kids out of football and now going to soccer more. Yeah. But it's now like keeping and retaining these kids and continuously push them up until we get that breakthrough. Per but se. who's but, the who's the young star that they're gonna prop up? Who's the guy that will has like techers who can do step overs and now bang right. goals? Like we don't have like. Imagine if Neymar was American. Right, right. You know, right, like right, right. he would be right, the guy for right, all the minority and everything right, like that. Right. But we don't have. I think have, it's gonna take that though. But we don't uh, yeah, have that. Uh, yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. but you gotta, you have to develop a system where you got people instead of playing basketball in the streets, are playing soccer in the right, streets. Right. That's what it's. gonna I think take. they need some more like futsal courts. You just yeah. put two little goals inside of a basketball court the same way, like. It needs to be promoted, like you said, more in the inner cities and stuff too. But then yeah. again, like soccer isn't accessible, and no one's playing soccer. No one's just yeah. going to a field that you have to be out there. When, or even in the streets, are. like you yeah. know, like everyone they'll put a basketball hoop up in the streets of like yeah. in Chicago, for example, and everyone would play basketball. But like, why not play soccer? You, you can know? do it easily. Yeah. But how do you switch? Same dimensions. Yeah, I mean, you don't switch. You got to switch the mentality. Yeah, of, yeah, oh, yeah, let's go yeah. play soccer, not right, let's go play basketball. Right, right, right. It's gonna take some time, but I do think it's on the right track, like you're saying. Yeah. Who do you think is like a star though that you could right now, if you had to pick one? Who? I mean, a star? I think Way and Pulisic are on the path. It just depends now. If they can like Pulisic's going to Chelsea. He's on the, one of the biggest stages in the world. If he can consistently 
start game in and game out, game out. He's gonna have to get close to maybe twenty goals in a year too for him to be on the, that stage and people yeah. to say like, oh man, like this American kid's yes, he's balling out, but he has to continuously ball. Like it, it's not gonna be easy, but we're gonna. I feel like they're on the right path, but they might not, might not even be the ones too. It's, well, that's the thing. They're overseas. They're in the UK. Like who? Half the reason why LeBron James is so popular is because he's here. in America. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. in terms of let's American. just go MLS. Yeah. Who do you right now? If you had to pick one, or in the next two years, who do you think? Because I think that's a huge thing. Is you might as well just pick one now and start to use him, right, right. even if he doesn't pan out. But like right. at least you got something going that you can compare him to. Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu. That's what that's what they try to do with Freddie. Adu. MLS tried to do with Freddie Adu in terms yeah. of like building the league as a whole, not just minorities. They tried to use Freddie Adu as a as like a marketing ploy, marketing campaign. Right. Like we play young players. We've got the, one of the greatest young players in the world. Like you know this this league's developing and then it didn't pan out yep. so it's like you're right you got to make the right decision i don't i don't i don't know if it's just one person i think it's more of a, a, a systematic change that you have to make in terms of u.s soccer and i think the problem is like mls is a single entity like the yeah. mls doesn't focus on developing youth soccer as a whole mls is focused on developing mls and yeah. so youth soccer's youth soccer's job is to develop youth soccer in, in uh in this country so i think it's more of a U- u.s soccer problem instead of an MLS problem because right. MLS just isn't concerned with that. Right. Yeah, I think that's the biggest problem is a single entity thing. Yeah, like, like that. It's a business, and they're yeah. they're focused on their business, not Making on money. not on everything else. Yeah, I can't even think of a star like that to be honest. With I you mean, Tyler me. Adams, but he left, bro. Oh, he went no. to Germany. Yeah, I mean, like you got those uh, the young boys in Philly. That I was gonna back. say that's my only the top of my head. I can say that Mark McKenzie is probably on that trend right now. Yeah. I mean, First, getting a first team call at 19 is a, kind of a big thing, and it means on the national team too. So, there's some young boys, but again, like, yeah, I'm not too sure. But I'm saying if the league want, is focusing on themselves and money and marketing, they should, regardless if he's good enough, they should just pick him yeah. and just use him yeah. and market him. But they yeah. don't. They don't. Who do they market? Like all the foreign players, no one can relate right. to. They need a young American to just put all over the MLS. Yeah. Because I think that will change a lot as opposed to having, like, Carlos Vela all over the... Yeah, yeah. You know, like, he's not American. People right. aren't going to relate to that. Well, hey, y'all, I appreciate y'all coming on yeah, the show. Yeah, I got to get out of here. Yeah, got to get to my, my rehab appointment. But thank you hey, all. Thanks for, thanks yes, for, sir. Thanks for thank having us on. on show, you know, I love talking soccer. love mm-hmm. hearing, you know, individual stories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can continue to do this mm-hmm. you know, in the future. Part two is coming soon. Thank Part you, footy yeah. fans, for listening. Hit the subscribe button. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Another thing I wanted to start doing is let me know what your favorite part of the show is. Let my guests know. You can follow them on Twitter, Instagram as well. Shoot them a DM. Leave a comment on my YouTube page, on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you feel like, on iTunes as well. But please rate and leave some comments and let me know what you guys think. Thank you guys for following along. You guys have a good rest of your day.